Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! on twitter at trilogy underscore pod or search for us on youtube wisconsin sports trilogy trevor my cheesehead loving buddy is not joining me here today said he was going to be unavailable not quite sure what it's all about i'm guessing it has to deal with his schoolwork and getting caught up on that because as i know in my household it is hard to work full-time and go to school so i don't know how people can do that it's absolutely crazy so we will cut him some slack here but as you know baseball as of the last day of february is officially back and man does it feel great i mean we've waited four to five months for brewers baseball here to return and now it's upon us and that's it's super great I am not going to spend a ton of time talking about the one game that's been played to date, which, by the way, was pretty cool. The Brewers put up seven runs, all of them coming via the home run. But I'm going to highlight more of the position battles that are going on and what to watch for throughout March. So that is the purpose of this podcast today. And then going forward, I think I'm going to do a midweek podcast where I'm breaking down game actions, kind of similar to how I do it the regular season. We'll do an MVP and a dud and get into all the stats and the nitty gritty of what's going on. So then we'll have another podcast as well on Mondays as well. So probably Monday and Wednesdays is when I will be doing those podcasts. So stay on the lookout for those. It's great to be recapping some actual game action here again. But as I hinted at, let's start with some position battles and I know David Stearns and Greg Council won't call this officially a battle, but the shortstop position is quite, kind of being brought into question here because if you're following the Brewers on Twitter, you're seeing a lot of Luis Urias playing shortstop and Orlando Arcia shifting over to third base and kind of moving all about the ball diamond. So this has brought a lot of questions like, is the shortstop job even, is it even a battle at this point? Is it Urias? Like the Brewers traded for him and they wanted, you obviously want to see what they got in him at shortstop. So are they just going to ride the Urias train? Maybe. It sounds like that's the plan for most of spring training here. And, you know, when you're putting Orlando RC at third base, getting some reps there too, that's, I think, a way of the Brewers kind of covering their butts here if this Travis Shaw signing doesn't work out because then you have 
Arcia will have an extended look at third base here in spring training, kind of get a little bit more familiar with that positioning. So I'm not going to go as far to say the battle is over, but Urias is going to get a lot of reps here in spring training. And it's interesting because Urias played primarily second base throughout the minors when he was coming up because he was in the same farm system as Tatis Jr., who's obviously a very slick shortstop uh, in case you haven't heard he recently got a big contract extension but Urias was in that same system so he got shifted over to second base and now with Colton Wong there obviously Urias is not going to play there Urias did play a little bit of third base last year as well but by the time Urias finally got going after recovering from COVID the hamate bone and he was already so far behind and Orlando Arcia had essentially locked up the the role at that point when Urias finally got ramped back up to normal playing time. So, yeah, I think it is going to be a fun little battle here to watch between Urias and Arcia because I personally am not super confident on what Urias can do at the shortstop position defensively because he hasn't played a ton of shortstop. I mean, yes, I mean recently he hasn't played a ton of shortstop. So, I thought maybe there were some lapses in his defensive game last year when he was with the Brewers. Again, primarily playing third base, second base, whatever. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles that throughout spring here because we just haven't seen him play that position recently. And obviously, we know offensively, he came on really strong last year. And then as soon as everyone was getting on the Luis Urias hype train, he hit a major slump. (laughs) And then, of course... I uh, got demoted with playing time there as the season progressed last year in 2020. So I think this is the Brewers' way of just saying we traded for Luis Urias. We're going to give give an extended look in spring training here, and as they get going, they'll make a decision on who's going to be the shortstop come opening day. Another battle to watch is for the fourth outfielder spot. So we already talked on last week's podcast how Tyrone Taylor's coming in for a candidate in the best shape of his life, adding all that muscle near 15, 20 pounds worth. And then this, of course, is not related to the fourth outfielder, but Avi Garcia comes in and has dropped 36 pounds this offseason. So he is looking very slim. I mean, he was already fast for his, you know, he's a taller player and it takes him a little bit to get up to speed, but once he gets going, he's pretty fast. But for him to improve upon that, and mainly it sounded like by cutting out a lot of sugar in his diet, to drop 36 pounds is crazy. So it'll be interesting to see what we get out of Avi Garcia here in year two for this is that second year of his you know $20 million deal that he signed a couple of years ago. So Hopefully we see some increased production there. Hopefully he can stay healthy this year. He battled some nagging ankle injuries last year and had to roam around a lot playing center field. So definitely coming in a lot better shape than he was last year there. Uh, But as for the fourth outfielder, that's going to be between Fisher, McKinney, Taylor, as I hinted at already, and then Corey Ray. Obviously, Corey Ray, I think, in this case, is the extreme dark horse in this scenario, right? Like, he hasn't been able to find major success at AAA to begin with. So how on earth would he jump up to the opening day roster spot? Yeah, don't see that happening very likely. And then for the other two guys in McKinney and Fisher, they're interesting because neither one of them has minor league options remaining, which I think kind of gives them an increased chance to make the opening day roster right out of camp here. 
But if Tyrone Taylor does pl- perform really well, I mean, he had a home run in today's game, he could very well easily earn that through his playing time as well. So I talked a little bit about Tyrone Taylor being having some sneaky pop on the last podcast, but Guy has had some good hitting performances in the majors, granted very, very limited sample size, but I think he had like a four-hit game against the Tigers last year, if I recall correctly. So be interesting to see what he can do, get an extended look here, and if he could thrive in that position at all. But I think more than likely it's going to go towards McKinney or Fisher. I mean, Fisher is obviously a Stearns favorite, seeing how he was part of, or with the Astros when he got drafted back in 2014 as a former first-round pick. So, yeah, I, I think that's where my head is right now on in terms of the fourth outfielder, most likely McKinney or Fisher, although I am deep down rooting for Tyrone Taylor to pull through. And when you switch over to the pitchers, that gets a little bit more interesting because they announced that pitchers like Freddie Peralta, Brett Suter are going to be extended this spring training so that they could go multiple innings which automatically made everyone go, oh, yes, they're going to be in the starting rotation. Well, you can't rule it out, but I am not going to put that as extremely likely. I mean, even though Freddy Peralta, if I remember correctly, did start last year, 2020, in the starting rotation. I think because Brett Anderson was missing time with the blister and some other guys weren't quite ramped up, if I recall correctly. But then he was shifted back to the bullpen after that. And Brett Suter obviously made the most spot starts last year out of the bullpen and did very well in that role. I mean, as a former starter, you would expect him to. But when I had Brett Suter's actual Raptor, John, on here, he channeled his inner Brett Suter and confirmed my suspicion that he too thinks it's more likely that Suter stays in the bullpen because he's been really good there since he's shifted over there, mainly due to the injury. But it's good to have a guy who you know can come out and give you some solid innings if you need a spot start out of him. So keeping him extended and also Freddie Peralta, that all makes sense. But for the purpose of position battles, I'm going to say they're primarily going to be bullpen arms. So when you take a look at all the pitchers competing for spots here, there is... Starting rotation spots up for grabs. Obviously, you have Burns being a lock and Woodruff being a lock. So then, most likely, the final three spots will go to Hauser, Lindblom, Anderson, or Lauer. You do have a dark horse in Jordan Zimmerman in there, a non-roster invitee. And then between these guys, one of them, whoever the odd man is left out in this, may get put into the bullpen as a long reliever type role, or they could just select to send them down. Um, Eric Lauer probably being the most likely candidate there. But you could see Adrian Hauser go to the bullpen because he has experience and has done really well in the bullpen in the past. When you think back to 2019, in fact, the only reason he really was getting thrust back into the starting rotation in 2019 was due to injuries and nobody was pitching really well so that's how Adrian Hauser ended up staying there and then obviously made all of his starts last year in the starting rotation and there's a lot of promise and hope with Adrian Hauser hopefully this year he can put it together I think he is going to more than likely be a starting pitcher 
But he does have history in the bullpen, which I think is worth mentioning when you start thinking about starting rotation spots and bullpen spots. Because you break down after you have factor in five starting pitchers, and then you lock in Devin Williams, Josh Hader, Freddie Peralta, and Brett Suter in the bullpen. Well, that suddenly only leaves about four more spots in the bullpen to fill because the max number of pitchers you can carry is 13. So who are those spots going to go to? You think, well, you have candidates like Drew Rasmussen, Eric Yardley, Justin Topa. Those guys stick out to me the most. They were, they did some good work for the Brewers last year. But then there are also pitchers on the 40-man roster like Angel Perdomo, Bobby Wall, J.P. Feierheisen, Ray Black, Phil Bickford. They're going to be competing for some of those spots as well. Perdomo last year, I mean, he's a hard, tall, lengthy, hard-throwing, tall, lengthy left-hander, but he was just way too um, amped up last year when he made his MLB debut, ended up not having really good command, but he's got some high velo and some good promise there in Perdomo. Bobby Wall, we've been hoping to do well forever, it seems like, and had he has quite the injury history. I, I'm going to say he's pretty much a dark horse when you think about trying to compete for an opening roster spot. J.P. Feierheisen saw some action last year. He could very well be up there. Ray Black has some MLB experience. Phil Bickford as well. So I haven't heard a ton on all these guys if anyone's increased their velocity or added a pitcher, all those typical things you think about when spring training begins. But you never know who's going to excel from year to year coming out of the deeper parts of the bullpen. Of course, more than likely, whoever all makes opening day roster is going to change dramatically throughout the season. But I think the favorites to kind of secure this up are Rasmussen, Yardley, and Topa. But of course, then there's non-roster invitees you have to take into consideration as well, like Brad Boxberger. He's got He's been a really quality arm in the major leagues. Blaine Hardy, Hobney Miller... Those are two veterans who are non-roster invitees as well. I think out of those three, I think Boxberger stands the greatest chance to make the roster, but also Blaine Hardy kind of fits Craig Council's mold of he's a left-hander, he has deceptive, weird, funky arm action, not a very hard thrower. So it kind of fits in well with what Craig Council likes to do when you think about giving different looks, giving different velocity pitchers going, you know, from switching from one to another. So in terms of scheme fit, Hardy makes a lot of sense in terms of a quality arm who has saving experience, has done well most recently in the MLB. Boxberger, I think, gets the edge out of those three. So there are countless numbers of ways that this roster could look come opening day, but between the shortstops and our third base position, the fourth outfielder, and then kind of the tail end of the starting rotation and the final three to four bullpen spots, that's where all the position battles are going to come into play here during spring training. So I will be recapping the games here in a little bit more deeper fashion as we get going. So I'm thinking Wednesday morning, I will have a podcast coming out recapping today sunday february 28th through march 2nd's game action and then we'll probably have another one next monday after that so we will stay up to date on game action because we're all glad baseball is back and that's what we're here to listen and talk about so 
until Wednesday, I will talk to you later, Brewer fans.